2: As Russian airstrikes persist on major cities across Ukraine, the Ukrainians continue to refuse Russia's Mariupol ultimatum to essentially give up. President Biden will travel to Brussels this week to meet with NATO leaders, as Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky says that failed negotiations with Russia could lead to World War III. Meanwhile, in Washington, the Senate holds hearings for President Biden's Supreme Court nominee, Katanjay Brown Jackson. For this and more, we turn to our panel this week, Democratic strategist, syndicated talk radio host Leslie Marshall, founding editor at Washington Free Beacon, and AEI resident fellow Matthew Cotinetti, and Fox News chief congressional correspondent Chad Pergman. Chad, let me start with you. It seems like uh, Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson is in for a smooth ride here, even though questioning on her judicial philosophy will be obviously be pointed by Republicans but nothing like we've seen in past years
0: yeah this has not been anything like a brawl that we saw with uh, Brett Kavanaugh in 2018 or certainly Clarence Thomas in 1991 uh Republicans you know th- there's something that they were very concerned about they're being on their they're watching their P's and Q's because they don't want to overstep their boundaries and they indicated that they did not want to make this hearing a repeat of what the Democrat what they say the Democrats uh, engineered back in 2018. Democrats will say, well, you know, you you treated Merrick Garland pretty badly, not even giving him a hearing when he was up for the high court in in 2016. Uh, But as we always say, Brett, and you've heard me say this many times, this will come down to the math. It is a 50-50 Senate. And, you know, you're going to have to have all Democrats on board there to support the nominee and maybe even pluck off, uh, you know, one or two Republicans. Uh, You have three Republicans who have voted for her before for lower courts, including uh, Lindsey Graham, the Republican from South Carolina, you know, who's hit her pretty hard. And also the administration basically saying that he preferred Michelle Childs. As the nominee, saying that the Democrats instead and President Biden picked a a left wing jurist here, you know, veered way off to the to the left here. Michelle Childs and Lindsey Graham's opinion uh, is somebody who could have commanded 60 votes. But the reason I bring up the 50 votes, uh, you know, 50-50 Senate, is that you don't quite know what can happen in a couple of days here. You know, we have had a spike of covid cases at the Capitol, almost 20 members since the first of March. They do not have remote voting in the United States Senate. So if you don't have all the Democratic members there, you can't move the vote. It's a 50-50 Senate. They want to get this out of the committee by about the 31st of March and maybe on the floor and confirm uh, Judge Jackson sometime in early April. But again, you can't do that if you don't have the votes. It comes down to the math.
2: And Leslie, it also came, comes down to politics. Obviously, this is not changing the composition of the court. It's also uh, going to essentially be a political win for the administration, but also dangerous for Republicans.
1: <laughs> yes, it doesn't, like you said, Brett, uh, change the composition of the court. Um, it, it does, I, I think, change the, the composition of not just our nation, uh, you know, not just the corporate, our nation. I mean, when you look at the steps uh, of the Supreme Court, you have women and girls out there, little girls as young as four or five years old, uh, holding up signs. Um, I Look, you know, we have a midterm election coming up historically, you know, the party in power, you know, especially with the president being, you know, a Democrat this time around with Joe Biden and me being a Democrat, you know, we're concerned what's going to happen. Some people say it's going to be a bloodbath. I certainly hope not. But we do see a lot of political grandstanding, which I feel uh, is a theater circus sometimes, uh, you know, Lindsey Graham, for example, when he was talking not only about her religion, where Republicans were angry when uh, the Supreme Court Justice, uh, Amy Comey Barrett, was asked uh, religious questions. And and then also what uh, Lindsey Graham just going on a rant about late night hosts and, you know, other individuals and in past questions by Democrats, none of which have to do uh, with uh, this candidate, uh, none of which have to do uh, with her past. And um, she actually has more trial experience than all of the judges combined. Um, And, you know, she did point that out. So, uh, you know, unless Joe Manchin and certainly Kirsten Sinema, uh, you know, forget that they're Democrats, which as a Democrat, I see happen from time to time. um, I I think she's, uh, you know, in in a very strong position to become the next Supreme Court member uh, to take over Justice Breyer's spot and to become the first African-American female uh, on our court.
2: I think it's pretty much a layup if you count heads, but to Chad's point, you never know the math, especially with COVID uh, taking potentially people out of the mix. Uh, One person who's out of the mix on this NATO trip, Jen Psaki, the press secretary, testing COVID positive again. Matthew. So she's not going on the trip with President Biden. Uh, That's, you know, double test that she missed two of these trips. Maybe she just doesn't like to travel. I don't know. But it's a um, good
3: excuse. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Right. Uh, But what about this trip uh, by President Biden to NATO headquarters in the midst of this war and what he's said so far about what the U.S. is doing and not doing in Ukraine?
3: I think it's a very important moment, Brett. The war is at a impasse. The Russians have been unable to accomplish what they set out to do three weeks ago. Uh, They wanted to uh, strike Kyiv quickly. They wanted to top the government. They wanted to see Zelensky flee. And they wanted to impose their will on the Ukrainian people. And none of that has happened. Yes, the Russians are slowly advancing, but emphasis on slow. And so I think the alliance, the Western alliance, has reached a critical moment where they have to decide what more are they going to do. And I think the worst outcome would be pressure from NATO and the European Union on Zelensky to reach some sort of settlement that leaves Russian troops in place in Ukrainian territory. But I hope that what Biden is going to say to our allies is that this is the moment to do more. This is the moment to give the Ukrainians everything they need, not only to arrest the the Russian advance, which they've already done, but to begin to turn the tide and to really inflict a defeat on Vladimir Putin.
2: Chad, I've had a number of bipartisan interviews on this issue uh, together, you know, uh, ranking members and chairs uh, together talking about Ukraine. There seems to be a lot of bipartisan unity broadly on the issue. Um, not a lot of separation, maybe some nuance. Is that fair to say about Capitol Hill on this issue?
0: Yeah, so far, you know, we're almost back to that point about foreign policy stopping at the water's edge uh, when it comes to this particular issue. But I'm going to point out something that's happened here on Capitol Hill this week or has not happened. You know, last week, the House of Representatives passed a bill overwhelmingly 424 to 8 to revoke a special trade status with Russia. Now, this bill has not passed the Senate. Uh, the majority leader, Chuck Schumer, was indicating he said it needs to pa- pass now. It needs to pass fast. Uh, there is a, a preference here by Senator Mike Crapo, Republican of Idaho, uh, to put on something that uh, in regard to fuel and, and Russian uh, you know, energy that's being produced there that we can't bring that in. It's unclear now if they change the bill. This is going to take about another 10 days because the House of Representatives is out this week. Uh, so they got to try to figure that out. That's something that would hit uh, uh, Vladimir Putin and Moscow pretty directly if they were to revoke that uh, favored nation trading status. Uh, so we'll see if they get that done. But but that, that demonstrates, you know, the House passed that bill, you know, middle of last week. You know, here we are almost at the middle of this week, and they still haven't moved. So, you know, th- there was a press conference yesterday. Joni Ernst led a bipartisan delegation of Democrats. Democratic and Republican lawmakers to Poland. They came back and said, we need to provide arms. We need to provide, you know, you know anything we can do, humanitarian aid. You know, the humanitarian crisis is just terrible at the border there in, in some of the neighboring countries and, and Poland and, and other, other places. And again, is Congress going to have to pass some sort of an additional bill to deal with this, uh, with military help? Uh, and also, they can't even get this bill, at least heretofore, through the Senate to sync up with the House of Representatives.
3: We'll hear from
2: our panel after this,
3: from the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. Congressman from South Carolina brings you a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.
2: Yeah, and I guess Leslie, the one thing that raised some eyebrows, and this does not mean that you don't support Ukraine or you don't have a problem with what Russia is doing, uh, but you had. President Zelensky shut down all the opposition groups, political groups in Ukraine as a matter of martial law, and to unify all of the television networks into one united communications about the war, about what's happening. Now, you know, Abraham Lincoln shut down all kinds of newspapers during the Civil War and and things have happened in our past, uh, but it raised some eyebrows on the left and the right. Uh, in support of Zelensky and getting them everything they need
1: Uh, and absolutely i had one of those eyebrows raised myself brett because a lot of people felt that uh, that was something that vladimir putin not only would do but is doing i mean there uh there are lies and uh, so much negative propaganda uh, about what is going on truly in ukraine How? How? You know, there's information out there that the Russians are defending themselves, and that the Russians aren't uh, setting fires or attacking. Uh, the civilians, but the Ukrainians are doing this and the Russians are there to help and the Russians are literally putting out fires. Um, And and so that does, you know, certainly make anyone uncomfortable. And I think that's why you see that eyebrow raising both on the left and the right, because that's something that you would not expect from President Zelensky, um, especially, you know, when he's asking the rest of the world, help us with our freedom, help us with our democracy, um, you know, against somebody like Vladimir Putin, who's trying to control uh, not just countries and, and borders and people around him, but the minds uh, of the people uh, within Russia and and you know and I I think that's you know very dangerous. one of the things that makes the United States great, the greatest and sets us apart is that we do have that freedom uh, to criticize our government. We do have that freedom via our First Amendment constitutional right uh, to speak freely and 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 I, you know look I understand you know misinformation, disinformation, harmful information we've seen uh, Twitter, Facebook uh, take things off. Uh, you know, with regard to Ukraine. But to see um, the president, President Zelensky, doing that, I understand what he wants, which is, you know, we want truth, we're united as a nation, uh, but I, I don't like any government trying to control the minds of their people. And I think that's why we saw eyebrows uh, raised. Yeah.
2: And uh, I'm glad you mentioned Twitter and Facebook, because that does happen on different issues, not just Ukraine, about you know, Hunter Biden's laptop, about the Wuhan lab, about all kinds of different issues uh, have been erased from those social media platforms. And we, we do have to fight for that, that freedom of speech every day in America. Last thing, Matthew, um, 30,000 feet. It seems like uh, Putin has lost 30 years of economic power in Russia in about three weeks uh fair to say they how does russia even bounce back
3: it'll be very hard but uh it has china as an ally and i think that's one of the unknown no uh, the known unknowns as the late donald rumsfeld would say brett we don't know how china is going to respond we've had the russian request for assistance we've had xi jinping and vladimir putin sign this unity document prior to the invasion And we've had President Biden just last week have a conversation with Xi Jinping, where apparently he warns them of consequences should the Chinese supply the Russians. So the Russians have China. We don't know the extent of their cooperation, but as you say, they've been isolated from the global economy. This might help Putin in the short term because Russia has a long history of isolation from the world economy. And of course, he doesn't care how well his people are doing. But for for the long-term, I think it will will hurt him, uh, and I think it will make him more dangerous. And this is really what we have to worry about now as the war reaches this kind of almost uh, stalemate uh, in its initial phase, which is, does Putin try to escalate or expand the war to change the equation to something more favorable to him? That's what we need to worry about, and that's why we need to do everything we can to help the Ukrainians defeat this invasion.
2: Yeah, and it's essentially a bloody stalemate at this point. If you ask a lot of analysts, uh, panel, thank you so much. Now for a bit of history, and this is my kind of history. March twenty second, 1934, the first ever Masters Tournament was held at Augusta National Golf Club in Augusta, Georgia. Horton Smith won the inaugural tournament shooting four strokes under par, taking home a purse of $1,500. This year, the 86th edition of the Masters will be off with the total winning purse now over $2 million. Sorry, Horton, wrong year to win. That'll do it for this week. You can hear more of this series and podcast in the series of podcasts on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Make sure to leave a rating and a review. We want to hear from you. For Leslie, Matthew, and Chad, I'm Brett Baer. We'll see you next time.